welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who have traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. All right, welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. I'm Diane DeMemo here again with Kenny Bieber. And, <laughs> and we're conducting our fourth installment now of the Women Who Rock podcast series. And Kenny and I are super excited here tonight. Um, I say super excited because we have a very diverse panel of guests who have taken their music careers to another level with all the projects they have going on. So tonight we are thankfully joined by singer, songwriter, producer, and the owner of Mooncat Party Records Studio, Jenny Cat, singer, songwriter, and music collaborator, Madison Hatter, who's promoting the recent release of her new single, Wild and Strange, and singer, songwriter, Dano, who is also the founder and uh, talent and host of the YouTube channel, Rule Your Sound, where she has a project that helps other musicians with the business side of music and a lot of other things. So I don't think an hour is going to be enough tonight, ladies. <laughs> but I thank you for joining us. Um, and I thought, Kenny, I'll start with the first question, if you don't mind. Um, Go for it. I was, boss lady. Go for it. <laughs> I, I was just struck, like, looking at what all of these ladies are doing in their careers. And I'm like, I, the word that came to my mind was balance. Like, I'm just like, I wanted to start with that question about how you three balance all of the different projects because you're not all just doing one thing. And, um, and Dano, I'm going to start with Jenny, but I see that your, your microphone's off. So just double check your microphone for me. There you go. Uh, Jenny, I was just wondering, um, how do you balance all of your songwriting and running a studio? Like, how did that all come about? Um, it, I, I don't really know other than the fact that I compartmentalize each part of the day. So uh, I'll, I'll out myself here. My day job is I'm actually a middle school music teacher, but I teach music production. So I work in a studio there, like mobile studio. Um, and I teach kids basically what I do in my free time. So the overlapping helps out with the balance. Um, and also to getting fresh input from the kids, cause I have no idea what music is popular anymore at any point other than if it's a cool beat or a trap beat. So, you know, and, and taking that into um, my own artistry and writing songs that I like to write and release uh, under Chiba Dico, uh, Blacklight Medusa, Jenny and the Felines, all my bands that I had out playing in Asbury Park before everything got closed. But um, it's just making time for every little thing. So like, I know I have my day job, but I know if I get five minutes here, I can, I can do one little thing, send off a track to somebody, um, return a phone call, return an email. Um, when I get home, I also repair guitars, like surrounded by them, but I have a, a workbench upstairs. Um, and it's just constant keeping myself busy in check, health and wellness all into that. Cause I enjoy what I'm doing. So it's just being in the flow, being in the balance and, having a really good time doing it so uh, I mean that's even more you do more than I than I realized you did and I wish that everyone could see your cool studio I love this actually while we're talking I'm going to take a screenshot because this is the coolest scene <laughs> that's super cool and then at Madison I wanted to talk to you because this girl is like collaborating with people like Tyler Bryant who is like oh, I absolutely love him um and many other really cool <laughs> with her new single and she's a mom which I can't imagine what it's like balancing that how old is your is your uh, child he's three and a half he's gonna be four in July he's amazing (laughs) the key word is balance and it's something that I'm in the process of navigating right now you mentioned wild and strange that's the first original song that I've released since having my son So I'm kind of in the throes of figuring out the balance of it now. I think um, taking my time, really um, allotting time for certain things throughout the day, even throughout the week, um, understanding that, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating. Sometimes it can be a lot, but I really enjoy the process of it. That to me is the reward more so than like bigger goals. I just love doing it. That's why I'm still doing it. And um, just enjoying it, seeing where it takes me. And I think, you know, when you're really passionate about something, you make the time. That's the bottom line. 
That's true. That's true. And and, yep. and Dan, how, uh, with your how, how did you come across or how did you come up with the idea for Rule Your Sound um, YouTube channel? How did that come oh. about? Yeah. So um, I actually used to be very involved in music like way back when, and um, I gave it up. And I probably gave up around 2010 and then was like really unhappy for a long time. And then in 2019, I'm like on the beach in Asbury Park in the summer. And I was like, it's time. Like, I'm not too old. Because at that, at that point, I was like, well, now I'm too old because I took 10 years off. And so anyway, I said, for me, I need to get back in this because it is so important and so special to me. And so as I did, I realized that I knew nothing and so much has changed. And I became very excited about everything I was learning about um, the music industry today and about music and songwriting today, because even that is way different <laughs> than it was. So Rule Your Sound is just a place where every time I come across something that helps me in my early stage of my new career, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to share it with everyone else because I know that um, there's so many other people in a similar position and it's, it can be really painful to find the right resources and then to figure out what works. And there's like all this conflicting information. And I'm just going to be honest, being a female as well, a lot of the people that are creating this content are men, which is fine. Um, but I don't necessarily learn the same way as them. And so a perfect example, you're talking about balance. Like all these uh, creators are like, hustle, hustle, like be consistent, go, go, go. And <laughs> me, I'm like, trust your gut, do what feels right to you. And so um, it was like really painful kind of hearing those messages and being like, that doesn't resonate with me. I know something else. So anyway, Rule Your Sound is just a place where um, I'm not an expert by any means, but every time I come across something that helps me out, I make sure that I share it uh, with, with my audience. That's awesome. And, you know, um, I have to just say, I was uh, listening and watching your little piece about the bumblebee the other day. Oh. And, uh, that's like a whole other conversation, ladies. You're all going to have to come back in the future. We're going to talk about positivity and, and moving your career. Like she looks for like the positive messages and everything from, you know, like the bumblebee that kind of crossed her path one day. So super cool stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I was so, I was like, I don't know if people are going to enjoy this, but I'm like this bee, like the story is just like ingrained in my brain. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> Quick, just tell the little story so that they know what we're talking about. Sure. So um, basically, I was sitting on my couch one day, and first there was a little beehive like outside of my balcony. So I had been watching these bees for a long time, and there was this one particular bee that was like the like protector of the hive. Like anytime there was like a fly or someone else that came by, this bee would just like attack it and they would have this battle on my balcony. I couldn't even sit out there. <laughs> but anyway, one day that bee got stuck in between my door and the screen. And so the screen was half open. So that's how it got in there. So it, it could get right back out. But I watched this bee struggle to find the way out for a long time. And I'm just on the couch just like, no, <laughs> you know, like, and, and now, you know, he's trying to go through the top and it's not working. And I'm like, you're going to actually get stuck if you go that way. Uh, when your exit is right there, it's right there. And so I saw this be like giving up hope and it was just like moving more slow. And I was like, no. So I like grab syrup and I'm smearing on the door. Cause like, I'm not sticking my hand in there. The bee. So I'm trying to get the bee out that way. Every time it goes in the wrong direction, I'm like tapping on the glass to scare it. And it eventually just like let go of the screen and fell down. And I was like, oh, your path was right there. Like you just, you didn't see the signs. Like you gave up and, and you could have just made it out if, even if you just like went around the edge and I'm like, it wasn't time to give up yet. So I let <laughs> that be, that's my new story. <laughs> Okay. I think Whoa, that is like the most intense. <laughs> These yeah, stories. I that's an experience. <laughs> Definitely symbolic. Yeah. Right, cool. right? Very sure. Oh, and that's exactly I'm glad you enjoyed it. Because I was like slowly crying on my couch, like, what can I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Very, it, it's an inspiration for all of us. Never give up. Yeah. <laughs> Keep looking for that way, you know? That's um, right. 
So, Kenny, do you want to – I'll give you a chance to talk, poor guy. Sure, there. sure. Yeah, it's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of places they can start, but I guess this question is anyone can answer this. But um, it seems like all three of you have kind of realized that branding and kind of having creative ownership over your product is kind of an important way of maintaining success. At what point did you realize that having creative control and a, and a recognizable brand was important for success? Because I don't think everybody always understands that aspect of the business. Um, I'll start. I've always been an independent artist, so I've been kind of calling the shots and gearing everything towards the types of things that I like and I enjoy. And I, I pour that into my music and um, music videos and stuff like that. So it's always been on brand, which is me. I think one of like the best compliments I've ever gotten is um, one of my best friends watched a music video of mine and she was like that is so you <laughs> and it's true because it is I'm doing what I like to do and I'm not trying to be anything different um so I would hope that that translates um to to not just my music but anything that's kind of associated with that and also as an independent artist I design my own merchandise I run my own website um and everything that comes with being an artist. So it's all, it's all me. So it's all kind of true to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, um, Dano, you were like, as far as your music, how do you, um, balance your music and your YouTube channel? Um, not balance. We were already talking about balance, but, um, where did that idea come from The um, you know, the, the rule your sound? Sure. So um, honestly, when I got back into music, I knew that I wanted to um, write an EP. And so my first goal was I am going to write an EP that I am proud of. Um, and that's it. Like, I don't care how it performs. I just want to be proud of it. And so kind of talking to uh, Kenny's question at the same time, like I was not in control of anything. I didn't know enough to be in control of anything. And um, at the time I didn't know how to self-produce um, and I didn't know how to work logic or any of that equipment. And I was relying on other people being in charge of my sound. And, and although I'm so grateful for the people that were willing to help me for free, they were not able to read my mind and get exactly what I was in my head out onto the song and whatnot. So I realized that if I wanna really be in charge of my sound, I have to learn all these things. I have to learn production. I have to learn songwriting. Um, at the very least, like actually for my EP, I'm hiring a professional producer, but just being able to do my own production and do my own demos helps me communicate with her even more because you know I can talk about what synths and what drums and what vocal sound I want and all of that. And so um, I had so, so, so much to learn. Um, and I didn't want to not post anything while I was taking all this time learning because I felt like I felt like at the time I was 31. I'm 32 now. And I was like, I'm already too old for this. Like, <laughs> I don't have any more time to wait. I just have to get out there. So I was like, while I'm waiting for my EP to be ready, um, I'm just going to start sharing what I'm learning. And that way I'll just dive right in. It's terrifying, but whatever. <laughs> and so that's really, you know, uh, how it all came together. Awesome. And how about branding with the studio, Jenny? Like, you know, uh, how did that, like, you know, uh, that's an unusual, you know, it, not to sound, uh, you know, like uh, sexist or anything, but it's unusual for a woman to own and, you know, her own studio, be the technical voice, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times growing up, you know, um, women aren't encouraged to do the technical aspects of things. You know, we're more writers and nurturers and all that. So how did you get into into that? Um, I think it started probably at a young age. Like I had a multi-track recorder um, that a friend of ours who owned a music shop gave to our family and was like, here, do something with this. And I was like in eighth or ninth grade. And I'm like, well, it's got four tracks and it records on a thing. What am I going to do? And then I just started making songs that I wouldn't play for anybody. Um, and I wish I had that hard drive. It's like crazy. Just, you know, being left alone in the studio for me is like just like someone leaving an artist alone with some paints. 
and a canvas or someone that loves to write with a journal. Um, not to say I don't write music and like lyrics and stuff, but um, I just, I, to much to my surprise, I thought I was going to be a computer like illiterate when I got to college for this. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. I get it. I understand how all this works. And um, I just, I'm like a geek about it. Like just so passionate, but not just for like the new gear, new tech, but like, I mean, I have reel to reel players. I have reel to reel recorders. I'll take old microphones, rewire them. I have a project like right here, even though podcast people in the audience can't see it. You guys can see it. It's like half Very open. Good. It's oh, wow. a whole pedal from the sixties. I got to like recap, um, just taught myself electronics, taught myself repair because I just got sick and tired of having to rely on other people, um, especially for the recording process. And this is where I wanted to shout out to anybody in this podcast too that's that's had the learning curve of you go somewhere to record. Because believe it or not, I did that in the very beginning. I went somewhere to record. You pay somebody quite a bit of money or at least uh, barter a bunch of tapestries and a drum set. <laughs> and then they've got all of your files. They don't know what you're trying to sound like. It pretty much is influenced by what they like to, to, to play and what they like to listen to. Um, and it doesn't really come out exactly how you want it. And, you know, I, I got really into the works of Brian Wilson and like how he just basically took over the studio uh, when he did Pet Sounds while, while his brothers were away and his family mem members were away uh, on tour and just wrote a masterpiece and was able to dictate to each player exactly what he wanted and learn a little bit about the technical stuff. Um, so for me, it's, it's about control. It's about having like being empowered because I, I can set everything up the way I want it. And there's a really special person that I want to thank for all that too. Uh, he passed away this year because of COVID, but uh, Carmen Verderosa, we're actually having a tribute show for him on a radio station right now as this is going on. But um, wow. that, that guy taught me so much about Pro Tools, Logic, uh, setting EQs, miking a drum set. Um, I, have, I, I have him to thank for some of the gear I have in this room that he's just generous yeah. enough to say here take it, learn with it, you know, and then when I became a teacher of this um, a couple of years ago, it was like a dream job because now I'm giving this knowledge and I'm constantly learning, constantly going to master classes and things to get better at it in tandem with the songwriting um, and production. It's, it's like a really cool, it's like being a little kid and just playing. And then that technology stuff just kind of, it doesn't get overwhelming anymore. You're just like, it's just like, playing a game. It's just like figuring out a puzzle. Um, you know, and I, I also too want to thank my husband, that guy, like he, he's also pretty much the business end of Mooncat party records, like any kind of radio airplay we get, um, song placements, things like that. He's, he's the guy that's working on that end of it. Um, cause he's not afraid to call up people and <laughs> like say here, you know, I represent this, this catalog of music Cause not only do I write, um, you know, singer songwriter things, rock songs, garage rock, but I'll do, um, I've, I've been writing a lot of production music for, um, TV, film, everything in between. Cause it, it's a quick way to make some money, um, in the pandemic when there's no gigs, there's no anything going on. And I mean, it's not huge money, but it's like, it's kind of cool. Like, Oh, internet commercial. There's your song that you produced in your studio and mastered. And, you know, wow. so you have, um, any, any other female counterparts that do what you do or do most of the people, um, you know, most of your colleagues that do what you do are most of them men? Locally speaking, most of them are men, except for a couple of women I've connected with. Um, there's a mastering engineer in Asbury Park and yeah. another mastering engineer in uh, Bayonne, I think, or Jersey City. Um, but one of my college professors at Berkeley, Lauren Passarelli, she, she was the first woman I ever met that had her own studio, uh, record label. And she started it back in the eighties with her and her songwriting partner. And that was a huge inspiration of, wow, I could do this too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, several of you have mentioned too, you know, the importance of collaboration and, um, you know, not only with other women, but just of anyone, you know, with anyone. And, you know, Madison, I really just wanted to ask you a little bit more about your new single, Wild and Strange, and how you did come together with the other artists to work on that single together and what it was like. Cool. Um, well, some of the artists on that track I'm actually personal friends with. Um, they're fellow musicians who have their own bands, and they actually kind of perform as 
a band um, themselves, Frank Ferrer, Rob Bailey, and Brett Bass. And uh, they perform in the city all the time. They've had me up as a guest artist um, to sing a couple songs with them um, pretty consistently for the past few years. And they're good friends of mine and my family. Um, and I've learned so much from them, too. So it really made sense um, when it was time for me to record my new music to include them in that process. Um, they make me feel so comfortable. I've learned so much from them, like I said. Um, and music's meant to be shared. It's a great community effort, you know, and that was really cool. And then you mentioned Tyler Bryant before. I'm actually a big fan of Tyler Bryant and The Shakedown as well. And I reached out to him on social media. We had finished um, pretty much every part of the song except for lead guitar. And we kind of put our heads together and thought that it, his, uh, his sound, his kind of like crunchy, gritty, bluesy, dirty uh, guitar sound would really complement what was already there. Um, so I reached out on social media. I was like, hey, <laughs> um, would you consider like being on this song? And he was really awesome about it. He responded, um, yeah, send me the track. Let me take a listen to it. And then he got back to us with some tracks and we kind of collaborated, worked together to um, come up with something that really set it on fire. Um, so everybody was amazing with the with the whole process of the song. Great. You know, I reached out to him on social media too about yeah. one of his shows once, and oh, cool. I didn't expect him to get back to me. And he got right back to I, I, you know, just That's like so cool. I mean, the guy is just uh, their their band is incredible. He is just talent oozes out of every pore of him and um you you don't expect to hear back from someone you know who is really you know yeah. kind of on their way up like that uh you know they tour pilot rival sons i mean the guys are, are on their rival way sons are awesome too i love rival sons one of my yeah. favorite bands they are yeah, awesome. but I completely agree with you it's such a breath of fresh air when you have an artist that you really look up to and um, whose music really resonates with you um, you know just treat you as a human you know like that's great that's wonderful and um, he, I we worked virtually because it was during the pandemic um, and he was just so professional, um, really diligent with it, got it back to us really fast and um, even sent an email like the following week to me asking like how I was doing, how, um, you know, how I was feeling about the song. Just a really great, cool response. I thought that was really cool. Awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> all right, Kenny, I'll stop talking. Kenny, no, no, it's all been great. I've been loving I like how actually a fun little fact. Um, it's cool when you reach out to somebody on social media who gets back. I tried respond. I tried doing that with Shakira, but it didn't work. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's okay. Maybe I'll try again. Fine, so yeah. Feel free to like, you know, respond back to me. But a serious question is that I like how everyone here was talking about collaboration and about reaching out and making connections. And I think this kind of leads to my next question: What networking strategies do all three of you find um, most beneficial? to kind of like either like finding a new songwriting collaborator or if you're trying on a radio station, like what kind of networking strategies have you found most successful? I'll dive in uh, to that one. For me, believe it or not, the most successful networking strategy is Instagram and Clubhouse. And I wouldn't have Clubhouse if I didn't network on Instagram, uh, especially because right now Clubhouse is invite only. Um, but I, you know, especially because I wasn't releasing music and, you know, I wanted to start building a, a platform, I was like, well, the first thing I need to do is make friends with literally as many other musicians as I possibly can. And so I tried at one point, I was like, my goal is to follow every single musician in New Jersey <laughs> and see if I can find them. And um, ended up just through engaging with their content, then they post something cool and you slide into their DMs, and you have a conversation. All of a sudden, you now have real meaningful relationships. And there's a bunch of people that I've started a relationship with during COVID that are like, I can't believe we haven't met in person. Like, 
I feel like I know you so much. And they're great for collabing. And in fact, one of those people who just reached out to me out of the blue, um, I guess he saw some of my content was like, hey, I do a podcast. Do you want to be on that podcast? Then we hit it off. Then he gave me a Clubhouse invite. And then I made a whole new network of all these people that were hanging out on Clubhouse. So it's like, it just snowballs and snowballs and really just comes down to engaging with other people. And it's amazing because we have all these social media tools and so much, I think artists are so focused on promoting their content on those tools that they forget that maybe a bigger and more powerful resource of these tools is the connections that you can make with them. So if you take the time to really engage and get to know other artists, that's just going to help, help your network grow and open up all those opportunities for collabs and um, getting on playlists and learning things you don't know. And all of that is so much more valuable than, than a post that's just like, Hey, listen to my song over and over and over again. Yeah, totally agree with that. <laughs> totally you know, agree we with have that. To do it. We have to do it, but you know, you got to find that balance and make sure that. Uh, no, 100%. I love, I like to hear that actually. Yeah, I think everything that you just said, I, I completely agree with. I think that social media, um, while a lot of people complain about it, is a really wonderful tool to getting your music out there, but also connecting with other musicians and building relationships um, with other musicians and also with people who enjoy your music. Um, I think, you know, both both ways are a two-way street. Um, whether you're an artist or a fan, that connection is a huge part of of music any art form really and madison i just want to add on to that as well because you're so spot on and i can tell you when i comment on a musician's post of a song that i thought they did that was really great when they respond and just say like thank you so much or say something nice back it makes me feel so good and there are other artists that i'll comment and say great song and they don't respond and i just like don't feel the love and i'm yeah. like way less inspired to keep checking out their music. So engaging with your fans on those is, as a fan, <laughs> I can say 100% that that really is um, such a great way to use the platform. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, and I found out too, like just social media has amplified people that you would never normally meet in this on the East Coast. Like uh, I have friends now in Los Angeles, Nashville, um, all over the place, Scotland, like that are songwriters. Um, and it basically just happened organically where you're just posting memes. Like I do wasting my time on social media, posting <laughs> funny music memes, cat memes, dog memes, any kind of meme, uh, lots of 2020 memes. And then you just realize like, oh man, that, that this, this one person keeps liking my memes and I keep liking their, wait, oh, they're that guy from Nashville that wrote that song for so-and-so, and they're on, you know, Music Row complaining about all the buildings being boarded up. And, but you know what he's talking about. And suddenly you realize, oh, yeah, we're connected. We, we have the same weird sense of humor. And, you know, perhaps at some point, if we decide to co-write, there's some weird sense of humor that will come out of that. And it's just, for, for me, it's just been about, like, especially with the radio station stuff, actually just going to shows when we had shows, um, and meeting the, like the DJs that would put on shows because uh, they still they still do that and at least in garage rock uh, but just meeting them face to face talking to them a lot uh, supporting what they were trying to do and then this way here if you if they say hey you have any new music send it to me and then this way here it gets played um, on their show and then they tell you all their DJ friends that play the same genre. And then that's kind of how it spirals. And, you know, there's really no other way to go about it other than, you know, you kind of find out who likes what you do and meet them as a genuine person. You know, that's, I think I, I've, I've seen it where it's backfired, where people try to meet other people that they think can give them uh, an advantage, you know, or a leg up or can offer them something. Um, and it just, those you know, it's almost like those people in the higher up position are like, mm, I can kind of sense that, you know, it's not a genuine feel. But I don't know, I guess my message is just share memes and be yourself and yeah. cool, people, cool people will find you, you know? I like that. Share the memes. That's <laughs> a really, yeah. I love meme. <laughs> well, you That's know, really again, I'm going to say it again is that I'm so struck by like, you know, how much the three of you do. And um, my, my, my question is, um, 
let me see how to word this. Um, do you feel that there are challenges that are unique to women in the music industry? Because all three of you have found a place, a very different place, by the way, uh, in the way you're you know, your music career and then some, you know, you're doing other things. Do you feel that, that there are like a, there are unique challenges that only women face that men don't. And now just so you know, I've asked this question of several during several podcasts and some people feel like, you know, that there really aren't any issues anymore. They feel very collaborative with men. They feel like they're equals. Um, you know, very, is this like an old fashioned question? Maybe is, is there, are the challenges that you face, true for everyone or I don't know if that's coming across the way I want it to. I think everybody has their own set of challenges. I do think that women face um, a unique set of challenges for several different reasons. I think what we talked about earlier, balance is a big one. Um, But also I think that society just kind of has ingrained this competitive nature into us and maybe I just speak for myself but looking at other females who are succeeding that doesn't mean that you're failing you know I think that that's something that as a society women have to unlearn that like we are all here we are all doing our best we are all perfect just the way we are there's not like one spot that we're all vying to fill like I think that that women need to empower one another and uplift one another and support one another when somebody does something good. I mean, you can clap and that's not going to take away from your shot. I think that that's definitely a big thing. Mm hmm. I totally agree. And I think that each person has their own story. Um, but if you look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie women are not equal as men in the music industry period. Um, I think female producers are like 3% of the producers. Um, female <laughs> artists, yeah, it, it, it's, it's insane. So I'm glad that people are not being outwardly sexist. Like when I was in bands in 2009, I wanted to be in a band and I was told no chicks in this band. And that was only 10 years ago. Um, But you know, it's still happening. Things like that are like a perfect example. Something that happened recently is um, I got into an argument with um, a gentleman on social media because I am in the pop genre. And he was saying to be successful as a pop artist, all you need to do is show skin. And so I was saying how that's that's a sexist comment. Number one, because most pop artists are male by the numbers. So You only have an issue with the female showing skin. And the second thing is I'm working unbelievably hard. And so if I'm working hard, as hard as I possibly can for days, months, years, and I find success, some man is going to be like, she just did it because she showed some skin. If I decide to wear something that shows some skin. So there's still those mentalities and those mindsets. And even though it might not be as visible because there are so many men that are collaborating with women and um, trying to be open, there are still disparities in the industry. And until those numbers even out, then, um, then I'll say, you know, that, 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 uh, it's fair, but it's, it's just not right now, unfortunately. Yes, Queen. Thank you for saying that because, oh my God, like you are like 110% right on all, all, all counts of that. And I think, you know, uh, I was also thinking about, you were saying the producers, female producers, there's Sylvia Massey who like, she produced all the early nineties stuff. Um, she's still producing people now. Um, she's incredible. She's one of my heroes. I got to meet her a couple of years ago at a festival. Um, incredible woman. People love to work with her. But like you said, it's almost like a unicorn, you know, like where's the unicorn, the female music producer slash female lead guitarist. Cause I, I play lead guitar, but I don't look like I play lead, lead guitar. I might like look like I'm going to organize your library books maybe, but like, <laughs> this is important. I don't know. Yeah, it is important. Actually, it is pretty important. But uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, I've been to to places where I mean, it happened recently. I played a, a pop up gig somewhere outside, socially distanced, masks and everything, and it was just a random bunch of musicians got together to play for a, an event. And there was another guitarist there, and I, I always dread when it's another guy guitarist unless I'm friends with them 
because they don't realize that I can play very well. <laughs> like he comes over, he's got the charts for the cover songs we're doing. I forgot to bring my charts. I don't really need them. They're all cover songs. You just kind of go with it. And he's, he's like mansplaining the chords as we're going. He's like, well, hun, this is the D chord. This hun. is the G, this is <laughs> minor. That's lag. Like, okay. And my friend has the band. He knows I can play. We work together. He looks over at me and he goes, Jen, take a solo. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I just take a solo and I just burn up the board. And the dude's like, oh, oh, well, you know what you're doing. Man. So I'm just going to turn my amp up. And this, but the thing is, like, I've been playing guitar since I was like 10 years old. And now I'm in my 30s. And I'm like, this has happened every time I play with a guy that I don't know. Like, and I, I have guys that are, have been in my bands. We work together. We, we get along really well. Everybody knows the story. Like, but any guy that I meet, that's, that doesn't know the secret. They're like, I'm going to turn my amp up now. And I'm like, why is that a thing? I gotta know if there's any guys listening to this podcast, please let us know what is, why do you turn up your amp? When I great, great lead. <laughs> I actually had a question. Um, uh, wanted to kind of slide into after hearing what Dano said about the statistics and about the comments about the exchanges about female pop artists. And I kind of agreed to. I noticed that I've, I've read articles and I read an article about St. Vincent and somebody kind of wrote an article kind of D kind of valuing the credentials saying, oh, she had an in with her uncle and oh, it's all music's about sex. And it kind of made me think about like how no matter how hard some of these female artists work, they still always kind of like need to kind of prove it or want respect. And what I want to know from free female artists is what can we do to recognize more female artists, to get them better opportunities and to make sure that they're getting proper value and being acknowledged? Because sometimes I feel like we always talk about, oh, we need more representation. But I think we need to talk more about how can we do that? Oh, that's a good one, Kenny. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's put our heads together and, and change this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly, Kenny, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but what I, I, what there are some male colleagues of mine that are doing this, and I really appreciate it. They are trying to lift up the female artists in their area, and I see that um, booking females for shows, collabing, giving them opportunities, um, and all of that. It, it seems very small, but when that adds up, that lifts women up even if it's one at a time and the more women that are up the more women that can be inspiring to other women so um i i just like especially in the asbury community i'm so so grateful um for for the male musicians there that are doing their part to make sure that things are equal that there's women on their shows and um that that really means a lot and that goes a long way so i don't know how to solve it but Doing a little bit, a little bit we can definitely makes a difference. Totally. I agree with what you said. And I mean, this podcast is a perfect example of providing a platform for women um, and giving us a voice. So thank you for that. Um, there's a lot of different platforms that are, are definitely doing that. Another one, uh, WDHA up in North Jersey, where I am, um, they have a Queens of Noise show uh, and Terry Carr every Friday. Um, devotes an hour of radio time just to female rockers, which I think is awesome. Um, and just going back to what I was saying before, um, us supporting one another and uplifting one another and spreading the word. If you if you're into somebody's music or podcast or uh, production, you know, share that. Don't be afraid to share that. Support one another. That's very good. Very good. Sure. I mean, I've even said in the past, um, other podcasts, you know, I was reading some articles about um, the representation of women in festivals. Not that we've had any for the past year and a half, but, you know, they're, they're grossly mis underrepresented uh, in festivals. And, you know, when you think about it, when you go to a festival and you see so many different bands, that's where you uh, learn about a lot of new music and you, you, uh, you know, may go to a festival to see one band, but you, you become fans of so many others. And if there's only one female band there, uh, you know, we're not sharing the wonderful music that, that is uh, being put out there by so many wonderful female artists and bands. Uh, they're just not represented well in festivals. So that, that definitely, hopefully will change uh, when everything comes back. 
for sure. I hope so, for sure. You know? Um, so um, I wanted to ask you, like, you know, is there any um, advice that you ever received either as a younger person or recently that has really helped you um, in your career path, like has really kind of kept you on on track that you keep going back to? Like, yeah, you know, that, that really resonated with me. Oh, that B story from before, actually. Yes. <laughs> that B story hit deep. That B story was a, was a good one. That B story, like, don't don't give up like that B. Like, it's okay. I'm going to tell that to my students tomorrow because, like, there's so many times where they get, they want to stop making music. They're like, oh, this is trash. I can't do this. And that's like, don't <laughs> the little B, the mighty B. But that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't give up. That's the best advice I ever got. Just keep going. And I hear that coming from lots of different sources throughout my life, uh, whether it's my husband or my professors or even my mom or, more importantly, this B story. I'm not even joking. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, there is so much that I can't even pick just one. Um, but for me, part of the reason why I took such a long break from music is because I was very, I, I was just scared to be myself. I was just ridden with self-doubt, ridden with fear, and and just was scared to create. And so it took a long time. And part of the reason it took me so long to get to my EP was actually had to like peel back all these layers and allow myself to be vulnerable and allow myself to write music authentically because I was making songs, but like they weren't any good because they were about like, not important things and they weren't meaningful to me in any way at all. And so um, I think for me, it's not necessarily like, I don't know, the best piece of advice is, is to be yourself and to be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire and, and really take that to heart. And uh, that fearlessness is a really important component of it. And um, I heard someone say this on Clubhouse and it like changed my life. And she said, she was saying an, an affirmation that she says to herself. And it was, when I'm afraid of nothing, I'm capable of everything. And so that one just stuck out to me so much because I was like, anytime I get stuck, it's fear. It's always fear. I'm scared of what someone's going to think. I don't think it's good enough. And, you know, I'm too old or no one's going to like this style or I can't sing about this topic because then people know that this topic affected me. You got to get rid of all that and be willing to be yourself. And that's why I really can't stand any negativity in the music scene because I don't think people realize how hard it is for artists and how brave they are to be vulnerable and put themselves out there. So for all the artists listening, I see you. <laughs> keep at it and, and keep being yourself because it, it's really amazing if you can do that. I totally agree with everything you just said. And I feel like no matter what you do, somebody is going to have some sort of comment. So you just have to tune them out, you know, tune out whatever anybody's saying and just do it for yourself. Do it for the love and joy of it and do it for the people that it resonates with. You know, at the end of the day, you're accountable for yourself. And I think embracing your uniqueness, embracing who you really are and just letting that kind of run wild is what it's all about. And there's so much freedom in that. It's so much more fun than trying to contort yourself into a shape that you're not. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. and then like the, the extension of all of that is uh, like mental health and self-esteem. I mean, would you uh, three say that, you know, having your own self-esteem or self-confidence is something that has come nat naturally to you throughout your life, or has it been something that you've had to work on? I, know I have to laugh because, <laughs> no, not naturally, not even a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't think, yeah, it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard, especially um, for musicians. I, I think it's especially hard for musicians um, because, uh, to Madison's point, like, people always have something to say and um the hardest person is always yourself yeah. it's always yourself you're always the worst critic 
and you're really the only opinion that you care about. So you have to love your sound. I mean, it took me 32 years and I'm still at the point where I'm like, I think I like my voice. Like <laughs> still at this point, like you just really have to learn um, to love yourself and um, love your art. And that takes a lot of practice every single day, every single day. So if you're someone that doesn't have that, like don't give up, keep practicing, you can get that self-love. Um, and there's a million resources um, out there for you. So just keep that in mind. Very good. Awesome. How about you, Jenny? Is that something that comes naturally to you? It may look like it, but uh, I think um, I, I'm remembering fondly a period in my early 20s where I was really uh, cocky and confident. And then somewhere in my like, like late 20s, I don't know, it kind of washed away. And then I was confident again. And I, I really think it's um, what's helped me is just getting really skilled at what I do. Um, and the things that I'm interested in, learning as much as I possibly can um, and being able to show others and support others in that. And then that just that totally helps with feeling confident this way here. Someone asked me for advice or asked me for help. I'm able to give that. And also, you know, I'm not afraid to speak up for things that are important to me or to others. Um, you know, and that I think that's what what helped me with confidence is just building up that skill set. Um, whether in that personal belief, you know, that whole thing of like, you do have to love what you make. And for me, it helps to step outside of my ego, step outside of, you know, what I want this to do in the world and just listen to what I make and go, well, that was really cool. Or not even, oh, I'm so great because I made that. It's like, no, this was really cool. What just happened? And I'm so thankful that I had, you know, I learned how to do this at some point or I can't believe this magically just happened in the studio. What kind of magic witchcraft was that? That was awesome. And how can I do it again? Only louder. Um, you know, <laughs> just being, being that perpetual excitement, like, a, you know, a little kid, basically. That's it. Like, That's I don't have children. I have cats. But, um, you you know, uh, Madison, when you, your three-year-old, like, see something, like, oh, my God, I got to do this. This is my life right now. Like, you have to like encourage that within yourself especially on your most vulnerable days where you're feeling like every piece of music you write or anything you create is not you know it's not good enough for you meanwhile your your fans are like oh my god it's amazing and you're like i literally just farted that like that's not even the best part <laughs> like it's a fart it's a motto. <laughs> yeah so madison how's your how does your self-confidence changing with having a little one is, is the way you're teaching your three-year-old. Um, are you, are you using lessons learned in how you teach them to be confident? Absolutely. Um, confidence definitely does not come naturally for me at all. And it took having my son to really awaken the mama bear inside and like the warrior inside. And now I'm very loud, very definite in what it is that I want and what I want to get out of a situation. Um, and what I want to show my child is good and acceptable and okay. And that's one of the reasons why I came back to music. Like I love it and I, I needed an outlet. Um, but also it's like, just because I'm a mom, I'm not going to, you know, step away forever if I love it. And I want to show him that, you know, moms can rock just as hard. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, my my confidence has gone up since having my son. Um, and also, um, once I became a mom, I started doing Muay Thai. And that's another outlet that I really enjoy that has boosted my confidence a lot. Um, physically and also mentally, it's just a really great way to, to build up um, your mental toughness, pretty much. Um, and that kind of trickles into other aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had a interesting question. I really like what Diane was saying. I think great job by moderating these questions because I really think that I'm learning so much. Um, one of the things that I've taken away is that I think each one of you has persevered and kind of created your own lane, which I think is really hard to do as artists, so very commendable. Um, why do you think it's important to kind of take a risk and be yourself in music? I know, Danny, you touched on that because I feel like there can be so many trends that kind of can encourage you to kind of 
be otherwise? Why do you think that's important? I think you just have to be doing it for the right reasons. If you're making something because you want it to be like something else, that's not the right reason. The right reason is because you enjoy it because you want to put your guts on the page and share it with somebody. Um, so that just translates differently for each individual. Yeah, and, and I'll just comment, you know, Madison had said this before, like it's about that joy that you have, like the love for it. And Jenny talked about like that inner child, like we all have that inner child in, in us. And if you're able to be yourself and create freely and have fun, you are just going to be that much more fulfilled as an individual, um, which then propels the music. So um, it's it's kind of one and the same. And and the more you can love what you do and 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 really like I always uh, talk to people about this because they're like, oh, I feel like I have to write this style of music because um, I you know. I grew up in the 90s and I like 90s music. So I'm like, then write 90s music. Like, you you have to do what you want to do. Don't try to, and I think Madison said this before, like, don't try to fit yourself into, like, a different shape. Um, be who you are, and you're going to find so much joy in that, and other people are going to see that and resonate with it. And as I said, I was like, to the person specifically about 90s, I was like, if you wanna, want 90s music, I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there that also want 90s music. So write the songs that you love and that you want to hear, and um, people will will just flock to you. <laughs> that, awesome. That's a great observation. No, that, that's perfect. Like that, That's exactly it, because I think we do pressure ourselves to try to write for what's popular, what we perceive as popular. And I mean... Like I, I, I study, I write like backing tracks for the popular stuff, but it's not what I like to do. I wouldn't hang my hat on it unless it was kind of like a tongue in cheek thing to amuse my students. Like here's Miss Ketro rapping. Like, no, <laughs> like uh, it's painfully awkward, but I'll make you a sick beat. Um, but yeah, having like my whole, my whole vibe is classic sixties rock like Rolling Stones, Beatles music, um, and like I'll play all the instruments myself just because it's quicker. Um, unless I have a good friend that's like bored and twiddling his or her thumbs and don't need a track for a minute. But um, for me, it's just, I've never, I've never been good at pretending to be somebody else. So I just stick with what I, what I got. <laughs> I like that. That sounds like a great yeah. quote. <laughs> don't pretend, you know. Don't get comfortable pretending to be someone else. I just love that. I love that. You know, we've talked so much about our, um, you know, our ideas about music and, and the um, industry and everything, but I do want to give you each a chance to talk about something about your music specifically. If you could just each um, take a turn and just tell us, like, what song or project that you've done so far that is most meaningful to you or you're most proud of, and, and just tell us a little bit about it. Um, so that the listeners can learn more about your type of music and the things you're working on. I'm not sure who wants to start. <laughs> um, well, I just released my song Wild and Strange um, a couple weeks ago on all digital and streaming platforms. And that one was super meaningful to me because it was the first song that I'd released in about four years. Um, the first original song I've released since having my son. And it was just so much fun creating it, um, creating it with my friends and just going nuts with the music video. Um, I had so much fun with it. And it meant a lot to me to kind of come back and um, execute that. And I have another song coming out at the end of May, May 21st. It's called Treasure. And it's the same guys on the track, minus Tyler Bryant. Um, and also Rob Clores is part of that one as well. I'll have to give him a shout out. Uh, and that one I wrote at the same time as Wild and Strange. So they're both really special and important to me. Please check it out. <laughs> oh, they sound awesome. I totally peeped that video before we did our broadcast. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, you watched the video? Yeah, I was low-key stalking everybody. <laughs> no shame in that. Fun. I just wanted to go nuts. I was like, yes. I mean, I that's my thing. Like, I wish I, I, I do that kind of tongue in cheek, but I don't really, I, I cut off all my hair, so I can't really like do what you did in that video. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. You could do face paint though. You can do all the face paint. See, with 
with the quarantine, you have to get creative. And as an independent artist, have to get creative with, I have this song, now how am I going to do a music video? Oh, yeah. and what am I going to do to get it out to everybody to enjoy? So I um, was kind of thinking outside of the box with that one. And that's another thing about quarantine. Um, I taught myself Final Cut Pro. And cool. Sleepless Pictures, um, they shot the music video for me, but then they gave me all the B-roll footage on a hard drive. So I've just been having so much fun editing all these like alternate takes and different promos and stuff just to keep, you know, perpetuating the song, trying to get as much um, eyeballs and ears as possible on the song um, before the next one releases. And that one, that's like so much fun too. I think I found a new joy in editing footage editing editing video you could like oh my god look if i do it this way or if i do that only oh put this right. oh my god there's this filter like i didn't know this filter existed in my life i need this filter yeah and then it's it, like a, a rabbit hole all to itself yeah that's really cool <laughs> for sure so what about you dano Ooh. Sure. So I'll actually talk about an upcoming release, um, which uh, I haven't picked the date yet. It'll be in May or June, probably closer to June since I haven't picked the date yet. Um, but I'm so excited. It is the first song on my debut EP, my first single. And um, like the journey here has been such a long one. Mostly, by the way, I'll tell anyone this, 98.5% mental and one and a half percent technical um, mm -hmm. to get here. So it's, I'm just so, so, so excited. Um, it's called The One. And it, the song is about um, the commitment I made to actually like listen to my inner voice. And so it's I'll be the one to listen to it because no one else will. And um, I'm working with a phenomenal producer, uh, Aubrey Whitfield from, the, from London. And like, she's just amazing. And the song is coming out so good. We have like one final touch and then it'll be done and I'll pick the release date. So I'm so excited to share it out with you guys. Very nice. That Can't wait. Really cool. Yeah. Um, well, for, for my stuff, for uh, Mooncat Party Records, we had a good run uh, with our December 25th release of Chiba Nico Greatest Hits, even though it's the first album. I always wanted to call it album Greatest Hits because it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that is an awesome pitch. <laughs> it's like funny because the DJs will announce it on the radio, be like, Chiba Nico, greatest hits. Wait, is their first, is their debut album? I'm confused. And then, <laughs> and then I know what's up early on. Amazing. Um, but, but it's a collection of songs I wrote and recorded during the pandemic uh, when I couldn't get together with my normal band. And uh, I always wanted to do this. Like, I just, it was like something I've been talking about doing for years to write an album in the style of early 60s music, including the recording techniques that they used, um, and make it sound like more than one person. And so far, we've fooled uh, plenty of radio DJs, Sirius XM included, where they think it's a whole band, um, and they think we're from Japan, and it's hilarious. That's and amazing. I'm just, I'm just keeping it going because it helps me out because I'm at the point <laughs> in my career where I used to like be like, oh, Jenny Cass, so important, Jenny the Beelines, blah, blah, blah. I really don't care about my ego image. I just want people to have this music, put this music in, in their TV shows and their movies, um, let their kids listen to it on the way to the school bus stop. I don't care, but um, yeah, just have it out there because it needed to, to happen. And it, it's such a cool experience. And then, you know, I'm going to follow that up with a, a, a single to be released probably for the summer. And it's going to be like a summer uh, kind of surf rock type tune to get you ready to uh, get to the beach and socialize with a mask, at least. I don't know. But <laughs> like, hazmat suit, you know, astronaut helmet, you know. Yeah, it just like takes feet <laughs> apart or three feet if you're a child. I don't know. And uh, all that music is available on Spotify and all the places where you can stream every good thing. Chiba Nico greatest hits. Oh, cool. Well, when we put up this podcast, I'm also going to have a web page and I'm going to have links to all of your socials and, um, you know, encourage everyone to come check check out the your music that's been released and also we'll put a little plug in there for the music that's upcoming. So that's very exciting. But um, I just wanted to thank the three of you so, so much. This has been super enjoyable. Um, awesome. I don't know about you, Kenny, but I'd love to have the three of them back. <laughs> I honestly am saying in my head, I wish we could do a part two because I really truly feel like I learned so much from the three of you. I think you all have incredible stories and I think this has been a really refreshing, honest conversation. And I think I've, I've learned a lot. 
from this personally. Thank you so much. And this was so much fun. Thank you for having us. This was, yeah, we should do it again. (laughs) Before they go, should they, um, should everyone kind of go around and maybe say where they can find them on social media, any projects, any plugs, any links before we go? I'm all over social media. Um, every platform, Madison Hatter. So, uh, yeah, let's be friends. Let's bomb yeah. each other. Don't be shy. Promote <laughs> ourselves. And uh, if you just search up Mooncat Party Records, you'll find everything else that I do. Mooncat Party Records. Awesome. And you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram at Dano Lady Be Good. Wonderful. All right, ladies. Thank you again, and um, we appreciate your insights. Mm-hmm.